0: Okay, elevators, you've made up your mind. A side hustle is eminent in 2021, but where do you begin? A passion or interest area is important, but then what? Take my brand new free quiz, which side hustle is best for you and discover how to choose the best side hustle so you can get started right away, which gigs require more or less overhead so you don't waste money, and why it's important to focus on one area so you can make the most of your time and get results fast. Where to find this fantastic and fun new quiz? Go to chrismcpeak.com and get started today. Now, let's tune in to this week's episode.
1: You're listening to the Elevate Your Eight podcast. The easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time
0: freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only 8 hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping 8 hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy. Or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a sight of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, dairy-free, karaoke-crazy, future 200 Breaststroke National Champion, Chris McPeak. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Elevate Your podcast. My name is Chris McPeak. I am your host, and we are going to dive into sleep again this week. I have a really amazing expert who's going to tell you all about her fancy schmancy title that I can't pronounce or understand, but she's going to fill us in on all of it. Welcome to the show, Carice Laguerre. Hi, thank you, Chris, for having me. I appreciate you having me here. I appreciate your patience and getting us together after all this time. I kept having to reschedule this poor woman. And so it's, uh, I'm relieved. I'm honored that you've come back on the show and given me another stab at this. Um, Let's talk a little about that fun, fancy title that you have and uh, what you do and, and what it means.
1: Okay. So I am a myofunctional therapist and, you know, the number one question I'm always asked is what does that even mean? Yep. It's kind of like being a personal trainer for all of the muscles below the eyes, but above the shoulders. So what I do is I help to strengthen and coordinate those muscles so that we can facilitate proper breathing, chewing, and swallowing, which helps with overall improvements in health, sleep, and wellness.
0: So with that covers a lot of ground, not just, not just how we sleep, but how we
1: Eat and breathe and speak, breathe. maybe even too, right? Absolutely. Even some parts of digestion. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. There's so much to dig into here. Okay. First, tell me how did this become your vocation? Um, was there an interest from being younger on um, improving your sleep? Or did you hop on a class in college that you may just go, oh, yeah, this is totally what I want to do? Because <laughs> well, it's like, it's not like we go to school in the fifth grade and say, when I grow up, I want to be a myocardial therapist, right? <laughs>
1: you didn't say that when you were in school?
0: No, I did not. I said I wanted to be a student affairs professional and live in a college residence hall for 10 years. That's oh, what yeah. I said.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, myofunctional therapy kind of um, came to me almost. I am a registered dental hygienist as my original career in trade and oh, wow. I was working with a pediatric dentist who actually brought a lot of this into my world, because as a mother of four, I had children who were struggling with various issues. Uh, My son Mm -hmm. had ADHD and various types of issues with behavior and impulse control. Uh, My daughters had sleep issues, a lot of frequent ear and throat infections in the household. I mean, a lot of this stuff is very, very common to a lot of households. But when I was working in this one particular office, it was brought to light that there was a lot of connection between the way we breathe and sleep and behavior and, and health. And a lot of things just came together for me. And it was in Exploring Deep, how to help my children that I became so invested and eventually became a therapist myself.
0: I love that. That's fantastic. So let's kind of walk through some of those different issues um, that had came up in your kids. And then how, like, how, how do we apply some of this, um, some of this information to how we operate on a day-to-day basis?
1: Okay. So the ADHD, I think, is the, the best and the biggest one to go after first. ADHD yeah. is very commonly misdiagnosed. It's Completely overdiagnosed, if you ask me. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of overlap between ADHD and sleep issues. So you will find that a lot of the symptoms or the manifestations of having a sleep disorder very much parallel in children with the manifestations of or the characteristics of ADHD. So that is one of those ones where now we're going to go tie back into sleep because the way that we are breathing, when we're sleeping, how we're oxygenating and either you're oxygenating properly, or there's a lack thereof when you're not oxygenating properly, then you definitely find that. Hi puppy. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't expect her to run in here. That's totally okay. I have a dog too. Yeah. And she just runs the house. Honestly, she just goes yeah. wherever she wants, does whatever she wants. And you know,
0: yeah. Duke is the yeah. same way. He's like, this is my bed. <laughs> Why did you think this was your bed? This is not your bed. This is my bed. Oh, the bed. That's
1: such a pet peeve for me, but she does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sometimes I can't you help kid, it. Yeah.
1: Other times no. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the sleep issues. So the way that you're right. oxygenating uh, or lack thereof is going to impact the, the way that you're able to Gather or gain that restorative ah, sleep. So, okay. sleep is really a restorative process. That's the, yeah. the number one thing that we're supposed to gain from sleep. We're supposed to be able to have our organs to rest, our brain to rejuvenate and revive. And all of our f- brain functions really work off of oxygen. Right. We need our cells to be properly oxygenated. And when you're sleeping at night, if you're sleeping with your mouth open, or if you're snoring, um, if you're tossing and turning, a lot of that goes back to the way that those muscles are relaxing when you are sleeping. So you lie down and you think about it. Everything just starts to go limp, right? Your body, everything. So you consider all of these muscles in your throat also start to go a little limp too. So now if your mouth is open and we're snoring and our tongue is low and kind of blocking off that airway, what's going to happen is, is that you're going to have snoring because snoring is actually just the sound of air meeting resistance going through that passageway. Okay. That totally makes sense. Why didn't I think of that before? Exactly. <laughs> and then you're not gathering as much oxygen as you should. And so you're not going to be able to sustain the amount of time that you should be in a lot of these sleep cycles. Like you'll, you're not going to get as much REM as you should get. And that's really where we restore the most.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: And then another one of your children had a different challenge. The ear and throat infection. Yeah. Right. Yes. Those ear and throat infections, very, very common. Um, Typically, the ear infections will happen um, when you're not able, especially those middle ear infections, I should say, just to clarify, will happen a lot if you're not swallowing appropriately, when you have a tongue thrust swallow or you're swallowing um, and you're not able to clear that eustachian tube. Because if you think about when you're on a plane, right? And you get that little bubble in your ear and then some people chew gum to try to clear it out. Yes, If you have an appropriate swallow where your tongue kind of does like a wave-like motion, it's called a peristaltic motion. It goes wave-like against the roof of your mouth. It's going to press up against there and help to pop and keep those ears open. And so we should be clearing that out however many times a day that we're swallowing. Those eustachian tubes should really just get that stimulation that way it can clear. And so you'll find that you'll get a lot of that where the ears and it's all one, it's all connected. You know how there's an ear, nose, throat doctor, all that stuff is connected. You're not clearing those ears. You're getting congested in your nose. It's all going down into the throat. You're getting the sore throats, the ear infections, because it's all about the function, the way that we're using these muscles.
0: Okay. So that brings three things to mind for me. Number one, I'm actually currently experiencing that right now. And for the past couple of days, I've been, I've been pushing, I can't, how do I describe that I'm doing this? I'm trying to clear my ear by, I'm going to try to do it and then explain it. I'm like tensing my jaw muscles and, and pushing something, pushing something up. Maybe it is the tongue, my tongue going to the roof of my mouth, trying to, to un, unclog my ears. Um, but it, it's happened I've been doing this for the past couple of days and I'm not sure why that's happening. And is that the right way I should be clearing it?
1: Or should I be trying something else? I think many people do try to clear it that way. It's the same thing with the chewing the gum is that you're really just trying to activate from your jaw and using those masseter muscles instead of just the swallow and the connection between the palate, yeah. which is the mouth and the tongue. So you're trying to use different muscles in order to, clear it in another way. Um, is that the proper way to clear it out? No. but Overnight, it's not going to happen with the peristaltic motion if it hasn't been happening that way for however many years you've been alive. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. So, so
1: it's it, process
0: it's not something that happens all the time, but it does happen enough that I think about it. So did I train myself differently or incorrectly on how to clear those things. And that's why they come back from time to time.
1: Yes. Yes. You'd be very, very surprised uh, the amount of effort that it takes to develop new patterns because you developed like a compensatory patterning of a different way of using Separate muscles from what you are supposed to use. And so that's where we come in with myofunctional therapy, where we help to strengthen the muscles that you're supposed to be using. And we we work with those posterior tongue muscles because those are the ones that are really going to get up there and activate. And we're going to eliminate those patterns of using improper muscles at improper times.
0: Okay. So now that's making me think of the second thing. And that's that I notice when I'm stressed out or really busy or even if it's nighttime and I can't sleep i can feel myself holding tension in my jaw and i'm i'm gritting my teeth and i'm not always aware of it right away until i think about it and and sometimes it's when i'm sleeping at night that i think about it and i recall i'm i'm talking a bunch of mishmash here but it's all going to come together i promise um i was doing um i was doing hot yoga bikram yoga and Ooh. when we were doing the Subhasana, they would say, make sure that you do not, that you take your tongue off the roof of your mouth when you're resting in Shavasana. And I wondered if that had something to do with that whole, the breath thing. But now I'll notice at night when I'm trying to go to sleep, I'll think about it and I'll be like, oh, the my tongue is on the roof of my mouth. Let me drop that down. And then I realize, holy crap, I'm holding all this tension in my jaw. Where is this coming from? So again, I, I think what I'm hearing you tell, I think you're telling me that I need to hire you to fix my face is what I think I'm hearing. <laughs> but, um, but let's, uh, let's, uh, unpack that a little bit. So wh- where is, where's is that coming from? And is that why maybe some nights I'm not dropping off to sleep right away?
1: It's connected, but not in the way that you think it's connected. Okay. Um, I know that there is a lot of, movement with the breath when it comes to yoga and there is a lot of exchange between air coming in through the nose out through the mouth and so that's why they want a lot of that lower tongue posture but ideal tongue proper oral resting posture and so that you get optimal nasal breathing is with that tongue up against the roof of the mouth and the palate Ah, you're going to activate your vagus nerve you're going to optimize the way that you are really breathing because if you figure just anatomy wise, the roof of the mouth, it's actually the floor of the nose. So to get proper stimulation, that tongue needs to be up there to get that started and going. And in some cases, we have people who have very narrow um, narrow, narrow arches. And so that roof of the mouth might be too high where the tongue can't get up there. And in that case, well, we're going to have to make some modifications. So yes, the tongue would have to rest a little lower because you can't possibly get it up there unless you had, you know, dental intervention with a, an appliance of sorts, but the grinding or the clenching, um, especially at night, a lot of times that's really your body trying to optimize the air that you would get in, especially with grinding, because as you push that lower jaw forward, if you try it just now to just rest, close your mouth, lower jaw forward, take a deep breath in through your nose, and you'll feel how much more air you'll get in when that lower jaw is forward. Yeah, I can feel that. That's really so fascinating. It's your body trying to help you, because our body's main goal is really to keep us alive. Yeah, well, who would have thought that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's at all costs, you know. So even if it yeah. hurts in the morning and it hurts the jaw in the morning, you were you were alive all night. That's a win wow. for the body. That's so cool. Okay, so
0: I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm laying on my back. Um, I'm listening to my my you know theta wave music and I, my eyes are closed. And that tongue, I'm going to try to keep that on the roof of my mouth and just keep doing regular breathing until I fall asleep, right? Is that what I'm shooting for?
1: Yes. So we want to keep that tongue up. Our tongue is such a long... It goes all the way down through the throat, and so when it's hanging low, imagine how much more of your tongue you have actually down in your throat, as opposed to when you lift it up. Kind of (laughs) gross. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, it goes all the way down. I think it connects with. um, It doesn't actually connect to the vertebrae, but it's all the way down with like C seven. So, like we're we're going down there with that tongue, but when you have that tongue up and connected and you know, really flush with the roof of the mouth, with the palate, you're moving a lot of that back of the tongue out of your passageway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the proper way. Wow.
0: Okay. So, so walk me through how somebody might improve their chances of falling asleep faster by, by adjusting some of these other things in those muscles between you said the eyes and the, and the chest, right? Eyes and the throat below the eyes above the shoulders. Okay. Below the eyes above the shoulders. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So what, what, uh, how would I start if I were looking to
1: improve and strengthen that area to help me sleep better? You know what? The easiest way to start, especially with improving your sleep is going to be establishing a nasal hygiene routine, okay. is working on keeping that nose passageway open and clear. You start with saline, you do some aromatherapy, you know, decongest. You definitely want to blow your nose before you do anything with nasal hygiene, is okay. you know, blow it to clear it. And then you're going to use your saline to clean it. And then your nasal decongestion, or you'll do um, an aromatherapy with some essential oils, peppermint, eucalyptus, lavender are usually the best ones at night. And that'll help to open everything up, keep you nice and clear. You make sure that you keep your mouth closed. So whether that is, you know, some people do mouth taping to help keep their mouth closed. They keep your lips sealed. You're more likely to keep your tongue up if your lips are sealed. It's really difficult to keep that tongue up if your mouth's open. Yeah. So those are the best tips to start out to improve your sleep. If you find that it's becoming very difficult for you though, to keep the lips closed, or you're having a hard time decongesting, that's when I would say that it would be a good time to contact professionals for help.
0: Got it. And when you're talking about saline, are you talking about like a, a nasal rinse, like you might do when you are having a cold or just like a, a flonase or a spray? Saline is more of that nasal
1: rinse that you would okay. have. Yeah. It's just like a, a little salt water solution almost that you're just gonna clear out the nose with. Flonase is more of like a, a medication and you don't want to use the flonase for any more than like a two-month period of time. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, you know I, mean, I had to, a I had a doctor like that. that prescribed that to me like all the time. He's like, use this every day and you'll you won't have allergy issues. And I was like, Yeah, but I don't like sticking stuff up my nose. And he's like, Oh, just use it. And, <laughs> That didn't last very long because I really was uncomfortable um, doing it, but uh, I did get it re-prescribed to me and I opted not to pick it up because I didn't, I just don't, I don't like it. It makes me feel weird. Yeah,
1: I can imagine.
0: But so the saline would be like buying that. I think it's neti pot or there's a brand i think that i've picked up before
1: yes, neti pot does have their own saline solution too so it doesn't have to be exactly where you know you're just flushing it through your nose with the pot right. um, you can get a spray a saline spray and squirt up okay nose. yeah
0: that is very cool okay so now i'm thinking about weighted sleep masks I have one of those. And some nights it's very comfortable and some nights it's not. But that I think would be dealing with muscles or, or things underneath, like below your eye. So what's right. your opinion on a, on
1: a weighted sleep mask? A weighted sleep mask can be helpful. I wouldn't use it long-term, I feel like it's going to apply too much pressure, um, too much pressure on a lot of those soft tissues. Okay. And you don't want to do that. We never want to push back in the face. If anything, we'd want things going forward. So we wouldn't want to push it back too much, but I would use it. I would say that you probably not going to use it any more than like two nights a week. Okay. And what's the benefit of having it
0: on your, on your face?
1: Sometimes those soft tissue pressures, especially when you're not um, accustomed or you don't have the tone in your face that you should appropriately, you know, you're not using those cheek muscles appropriately, your buccinators muscles in the face without getting too, uh, when they don't have the tone that they should, because you're not really using them appropriately, that's when it helps to really just give that face just a little bit of that extra pressure that it might need in order to stimulate a lot of the, um, the, the blood capillaries that are flowing under there. Very cool.
0: Are there exercises I can do like, like facial movement that I could do to improve that stuff? Or even like, are there ways you can fix your wrinkles by doing face
1: exercises? Is that (laughs) something you can play with? You see a lot of improvements in myofunctional therapy with the appearance of the face. Um, especially I would say that exercises, especially, Functional therapy program are always customized. We do full functional exams. We make sure that we know exactly what it is that we want to work on because you never want to go at this too much on your own. You can overwork muscles. You can overdevelop ah, muscles and then okay. that creates a whole nother of problems that nobody needs. <laughs>
0: so, right. Yeah. yeah no, I picturing exercises. what that's going to look like. That's scary. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so if someone needed to see a myocardial therapist, is that something where a doctor is going to make a, a recommendation or a referral? Or if I just thought, like, well, I'm not sleeping very well. I can't seem to clear my nasal passages. I'm going to go see someone like, like Carice, how does that, how would I find somebody if I, if I felt like I needed that?
1: Both are appropriate ways of finding a myofunctional therapist. I would say that the dentist is your number one referral source. Wow. Okay. Because that's there where they're go. working. They're right there. They're mm-hmm. in that oral cavity. They're looking at your tongue. They're looking at your face. You know, usually they're the first line. Um, an ENT would be the secondary source of referral. And then the last would be a sleep physician. Okay. Do, do A lot of help for people who do have sleep breathing disorders. How would you find a myofunctional therapist? You can find a myofunctional therapist using Google. You can always Google myofunctional therapist near me. Um, but I would always, you know, recommend myself. You do teletherapy, doesn't oh, nowadays? Good. We've got COVID's got everybody on the internet, right? So- <laughs> that they do, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of a silver lining too.
0: Is definitely an opportunity to connect with specialists, uh, uh, different kind of health providers that. Um, you know, maybe aren't in your network, but are doing, exactly. are doing things that you need. 100%. Really fantastic. I feel like I'm learning so much more stuff about the medical world. And to think that it all started like with, for you being a dental hygienist, that's really fascinating. Yeah. So was it just a, an additional cer- certifi- certificate, certificate program? Yeah. Okay. Got it. And so did you go to a, a do it at a community college or a special training facility
1: There are special, um, there are professional associations that do training. So yes, I did cycle through a a few of those and have done additional training in in different modalities as well, uh, restorative breathing and um, breath mastery, as well as voice gym, so many other things to just make it just a little bit more dynamic. But yes.
0: Do you ever work with vocalists or singers so that they can improve their their voices—is that something that's covered under your purview?
1: Yeah, so I have worked with some singers, and I think that they're the most fun to work with. They're, I bet, yeah, <laughs> they're very familiar with working on their face and the vocal cords, and so they're they're very um, great to work with. They're the most cooperative. And you definitely do see an improvement in the vocal quality. That's so
0: fascinating. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's do a handful of tips um, on improving our sleep through like functioning on some of the stuff that you talked about earlier.
1: No problem. So definitely want to make sure that you're cleaning your nose. You want to be consistent with your nasal hygiene. Okay. You also want to see that you are keeping those lips sealed and the tongue up. It's really difficult to keep the tongue up, but the mouth is open. A lot of people do experiment with mouth taping. That doesn't have to be taping over the entire mouth. You can get some medical paper tape and just do one strip in a vertical line from the nose down to the chin. And that's more than enough. You still have a lot of space on the sides to breathe, Um, I would also say be very, very consistent with the time and your routine when you're going to bed. Nobody talks about enough when you're an adult, but with babies and toddlers, we always talk Mm -hmm. about it, right? They need a routine. They have to sleep at certain times, it's important. We need that too our circadian rhythm does not just, you know, adjust itself, we've got to work on that. So if you want to make sure that you're establishing the best types of sleep hygiene, I would say absolutely make sure that you're being very consistent with the time you go to bed and your routine prior. Fantastic.
0: That is so incredibly helpful. And I'm going to very seriously look into that saline stuff because I it just never occurred to me that that my nasal hygiene would be contributing to any any sleep issues but when you explain it functionally it like totally makes sense. Oh, and yeah. now I know very specifically I need to focus on keeping that tongue up on the roof of my mouth. So yeah. that will maybe hopefully avoid all this tension I'm holding in my jaw. So crazy. Chris, where can people find you online if they want to book you or connect with you in other ways? How does that work?
1: They can find me at my website. It is www.themyospot.com. T-H-E-M-Y-O-S-P-O-T.com. I do offer free consultations. That way we see if it's even a good fit for you. Some people are, you know, out of my purview. And so there's no harm in having a free chat to figure that out. Um, And you can find me on all of the social media networks. I'm pretty much everywhere at The MyoSpot. The MyoSpot, T-H-E-M-Y-O-S-P-O-T.
0: Yep. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being so patient with all of my scheduling issues. And, friends, we have been talking today with Carice Laguerre from the Mayo Spot. Thank you again for coming on Elevate Your Eight. Thanks for having me.